0: I ain't the kind to wear a tie But I'm not from nine to five I tried that life but said goodbye I'm not always polite but I get the job done Who says this world can never be fun?
1: I'm simply unprofessional
0: Good evening ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Simply Unprofessional Night. I'm your host, Rob. And it's just me. So, uh yeah. I uh I have given Matilda control of my Discord soundboard so that it doesn't feel like I'm here all by myself. Uh isn't that right, Matilda?
1: <clears throat> um what is it you wanted to be called?
0: Oh, yes, the queen. All right. Uh, so anyway, so me and Matilda are here. Uh, uh, the only reason I, the only way I could get her here was to uh, bribe her with hot dogs and cheese. Um, I know she loves hot dogs. And I don't know why she added cheese on top.
1: Well, okay. So it's a
0: cheese tax, right? All right. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so tonight, because everybody else is not here, um, I figured I would talk about one of my favorite games, Stellaris.
1: We're going to talk about Stellaris Matilda. I don't care. Uh, so anyway, um... Yeah, uh, so Stellaris, uh, or as Webby
0: likes to call it space game. Um, so uh, Stellaris, obviously, you know, where space game takes place in space. Um, there's a lot to do in it. Um, I usually. Play it when I'm feeling like. I just want to forget the world because it's like there's so much to do that basically it it, it it makes it so that you don't have to think about other things like all your attention is taken up by the game but at the same time you could also do it and play it while you're like watching a show or something because you could pause it and pay attention to what you're watching if you want instead um and like it pauses itself frequently too because as it when events happen like they do pop-ups and then it, it pauses the game on its own so sometimes like it'll just like, even if you're like, oh, if you get interested in something and forget to pause it, it's going to get paused pretty soon with some kind of event or something usually. Um, so there's the main base stars game and then there's like a million DLCs for it. Um, there's a new one that just came out called the Astro Planes, which I do not have because I am currently broke, but I have all the other ones. Um. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and the new one is nineteen. So there's nineteen DLCs for this. Um, not all of them are like story content and whatnot. Some of them are just like species packs where you could get different types of species and stuff. But I mean, it does even that does add content or uh, content to it. So I guess you yeah. know, so nineteen and counting DLCs. <laughs> Um, and then every time they come up with one, usually they change the base game as well to fit with it. Like, because some of the mechanics you need, whether you have the DLC or not, because they change things. So, so usually when there's a new DLC, the whole game gets updated with, with, with different things uh, as well, even if you don't have the DLC. Um, so, um, I'm going to go through and explain a little bit how to play and what you do. Um, like I said, it's it's very, there's a lot to it. Um, So first, um, we're going to start off with creating or well, when you first start the game, there is a whole bunch of pre-made species you could be Um, humans, aliens, uh, there's just a whole bunch that's already made by the game. Um, uh, But you can also create your own, which I have created lots of my own. Um, I've done all the species of the Mass Effect uh games I've created all of them um I've done like half of the Star Trek ones um and then I started doing fantasy ones like I I have uh, what we call them the space elves because I have the elven kingdoms I have dwarves I have the fey I have things. I have dragons uh I have earth earth elementals and stuff like that
1: um
0: So yeah. Um, So you can create like all types of things, uh, different species, and we're gonna explain really quick how to do that.
1: Um, uh, So when you decide
0: to create a new one, the first thing you have to do is click your appearance, create your appearance, um, which is it's got several different categories. There's humanoid. Which there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eighteen, nineteen. Basically one for every DLC. <laughs> nineteen different types of humanoids uh, that you could be. Um, there's machines, so you could be a machine race. Um there is 14 of those. Uh, There's mammalians, which are kind of like animals. Like, there's like one that looks like monkeys. There's one that looks kind of like a cat. Um, And then there's some that are just like, like one looks almost like a duck billed platypus kind of thing. But like, they're not. And there's one that looks kind of like a fox. But obviously, they're not. Like, they're not exactly like the animals on Earth. They're a lot of them look alien-ish. There's 18 of those. There's reptilians. There's 17 reptilian ones. Um, There's avians, which are birds, obviously, Uh, there's uh, 19 of those. Uh, Anthropods, which are basically insects. Um, There's 17 insect species. Um, Molluscoids, which are uh, kind of like snails and slugs, those kind of creatures. There are 16 of those. Uh, Fungoid, which are your basic mushrooms. Um, There are 16 of those as well. Plantoid, which are all different types of plants. There's 18 of those, or no, 17 of those. Lithoids, which are basically rock creatures, which is how I did the earth elemental uh, species. Um, So different type of rock creatures. Um, There are 16 of those. Uh, Necroids, which are basically like the undead. There are some that look like vampires. uh some that looks like skeletons stuff like that um there's one that's like looks like a guy in a fishbowl uh <laughs> uh there are 15 of those aquatic which are your basic like fish and jellyfish and whatnot squids underwater creatures basically um there are 16 of those or f- 15 of those and then toxoids, which are the newest ones, which are basically poisonous species. Um, different kind of like, some of them just look poisonous. Some of them are like in suits like that cover themselves and stuff like that. So you can't really see what they look like underneath, uh, but there are 15 of those. Um, but that's basically just your appearance. and But some of them like, it doesn't say on this screen, but the more you play, the more you realize things like um, if you pick a plantoid species, um, you can you can get this ability called like photosynthesize where you can use energy instead of food to to keep your people alive because you need like food and stuff. Delay. And then like um, the aquatic ones have certain things that you can get for them. So even though in in the beginning, it doesn't really say that the different species types have different advantages, some of them um they do and as you play more you you like recognize that they do when you go to start again because i've played like several different games i've started off like i think at least one for each of the different types of uh because there's a bunch of different like starter scenarios basically and i've done at least one game for each of those and some of them i've done multiple but uh yeah uh so you know that's that's appearance uh so then you have to give your species a name. You'll have to you have to put what it sounds like as a plural and what it sounds like as an adjective. So the game knows to replace words like um like human basically is also an adjective. Like the name of a species, if you put human, the plural would be humans, and then the adjective would also be human because it's like uh, you know, a human ship. So basically like you're describing the ship to be a human ship. So like if you um trying to think of something that would be different. Um, I don't know. like if you if you named like your species, the squids or something, you could be like, the adjective could be squidish or like, I mean, or squid like, I, I don't know basically, like just so that the, the text and stuff in the game fits with whatever your name of your species is. So you need a name, a plural and an adjective, and you can write a biography for the species if you want, it's not necessary. Um, and then you can make it gendered. So you could have all an all male species and all female species, or you can have it switch it will switch back and forth. <clears throat> uh, when that creates like NPCs and leaders
1: and stuff like that. Um,
0: Uh, so then you get to the name lists where there's a whole bunch of different name lists in here for uh, the names of your leaders, which is basically the people that you can hire to like run things like scientists, governors, uh, generals, and admirals and stuff like that. Um, so it gives names to your leaders, it gives names to your planets, it gives names to ships, individual ships, and then to your fleets. So each one, like Aquatics, has four different ones. Anthropod has four. Avian has four. Fungoid has four. Hive Mind has two. Humanoid has eight. Lithoid has four. Machine has four. So most of them have four, um, except for the Hive Mind that has two, and the humans which have eight. Um, but basically, you, you you select that. You kind of look at the names and see which which names you kind of like. Because um, it'll it'll assign random names to ships and fleets and planets that you you come across and the, the people leaders that come up um, like one of the plantoid like the names is silver nectar flower of psalm purple nectar for leader names, the planet names are new soil horticulture, new hope, leafy grasslands stuff like that. Um, and then the fleet is vanishing bouquet whirling bouquet and the ships are defender of nature nature's wrath nature's fury the iss twig uh stuff like that uh so if you like those names for your plant species you 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 select that and then the random names will be generated basically out of that kind of list um you can also rename things like if if for some reason you don't like you just pick one and you're ending up not liking the names the fleets and the ships and the planets can all be renamed. I don't know if you can rename name the people. I've never tried. Because uh, I don't really care about the names of the people. So, <laughs> uh, But you can rename everything else if, if it's bothering you. Um, at when they come up in game. Uh, so next you pick your species traits. Um, so you get to pick five traits. But you only have two points. And each trait cost a certain number of points. So a lot of them are 2, some of them are 1, some of them are 4. Um but there are also bad traits that you can pick that will give you more points. So that's why there's five but only two points. So if you pick some bad traits that gives you extra points towards picking more powerful good traits. Um so I'm going to go through really quick just read off the the traits you can pick through. Uh, there's agrarian, which means they're good at farming. In, uh, ingenious, industrious, intelligent, thrifty, natural engineers, natural natural physicists, natural sociologists, extremely adaptive, adaptive, non-adaptive. That's a bad one. Rapid breeders, slow breeders, talented, quick learners, slow learners. Another negative one. Traditional, quarrelsome is negative. Docile unruly is a negative 1 strong very strong weak is a negative 1 nomadic sedentary is a negative communal solitary is a negative Char- charismatic repugnant is a negative conformist deviant a negative 1 or negative a negative 1 yeah uh venerable enduring and fleeting is a fleeting is a bad one so venerable is you you uh, live a long long time it gives all of your People 80 plus years on top of their regular lifespan. Enduring gives you 20 plus years, and then fleeting is negative 10 years. Uh, decadent is an, a bad one. Resilient, conservationist, wasteful is a bad one. Existential, I tr- it a uh, true prairie. That is a new one. That one just came with the new update. I don't even know. Okay, so that one, it reduces your population growth during wars and crises, which is interesting. Uh, Oh, that one increases it, and then there's a negative one called psychological infertility, which decreases it during war and crisis, I see. So those two are like juxtaposed opposites that they just put in. Uh, Jinxed is also a new one, it's a negative one. Uh, Incubators, which is basically you can like grow... Uh, clones and stuff. Inorganic breath, which I gave to the dragons, which is basically like you breathe out gases and stuff. Noxious, which can be a benefit. It's basically like you give off poison, which is a good treat for the toxic uh, people. Aquatic, which is one of the ones for the underwater species. Phototrophic, which is the one I talked about for the plant species. Radiotrophic, which is, um, basically, you're a uh, a species that's been irradiated. So you can live on two worlds which have been like blown up by their previous residents and into like nuclear wastelands Uh, budding, which is another plant one which helps with uh, spawning new species and then invasive species, which is a plant one, which like means you can take over planets easier that you've landed on. But each of these has a point value like venerable the plus 80 years is you need four points for that um so you can't get that with with traits without picking some negative traits um and then like i said if you want like most of them are one or two points or negative one and negative two uh which gives you extra points to to use towards other things uh but you can have a total of five of those all together um that you go through the list and you pick.
1: <clears throat> I- I know, Matilda, I
0: know, I'm going, I'm going, okay? All right, so next is your home world. You've got to pick what what your home world name is, the name of your home star. You can click the type of system that your home star is, uh, and then you pick, there's nine different planet types that you can have Start off as your planet world. Now, the, there's dry, wet, and frozen are three categories. There's desert, there's arid, there's savannah for the dry, wet is ocean world continental world and tropical world and then the frozen is arctic world alpine world and tundra world um so basically as you go out through the galaxy and you find more planets to settle whatever your starting planets so so say Earth, earth is content a continental world so say we're we're going off from earth so earth is in the wet category it's continental world um so the more continental worlds you find to settle are best for your species if you're being human to settle so you if you find those those are the best worlds for your people to settle on they they cause a le- least amount of strife they're the easiest for your people to adapt to um so other planets from the wet category would be not quite as good but um not bad either so like the ocean world and the tropical world would also be acceptable even though they'll be a little more difficult to settle on than the continental world would be. Um, so but if you came across like a frozen world or a dry world, you're not really going to be able to settle those. You could, but your people are going to have a lot of problems. It's going to take a lot more resources to keep them from dying, to keep them happy. So <clears throat> um, basically, you're you're, you're kind of stuck with the planets from your category that you choose to to settle, at least in the beginning. Um. And then your city appearance, you get to pick what your city looks like, basically through the because there's like a a window like a communications window, it just shows what the city is on the outside, you can pick what type of city you want to see through the window. That's all that is. Um, So origins. So origin is basically the starting scenario of how you play. Um, So when you first start off the game, you have one star that is yours you have laid claim to you have your one planet that yours is your home world on that star and from there you set off to explore the rest of the galaxy um so basically you have you only have ownership over that one star and the one planet um and then this these origins are basically what happens at the beginning of the game to start you off uh as you're going uh so the opening scenarios are uh, prosperous Unification, which is basically the that's that was the one that basically just started like that's not really it's not really uh, if you want like boring, like I don't want to have to deal with anything at the beginning of the game. That's prosperous prosperous unification. It's it's basically the way the game used to start off before they started doing origins. Um, it's just uh, that your your world has basically become unified and, and and as one and has set off to explore the galaxy. Um, There are some benefits for that. You get plus four population. Your home world has extra districts um, and stuff like that. But like, there's no scenario. It's just like, hey, I don't want a beginning story. I just want to get off and start exploring the galaxy and not do anything else. Uh, Machinist is kind of the same thing, except that it has either if you're if you're a robot uh, society, it it it's basically the same thing as the prosperous unification, except with robots. If you're not, then it gives you robot workers to start with. So you start off with eight robot workers, you have a robotics assembly plant, uh, and then you start off with some other different technological advances that you normally don't start off with. Um, But that's all that that one
1: is. Uh, So
0: Synecratic Evolution. Uh, So what that one is, is you have a a servant species that lives on the same planet as you. Um, Basically, I mean, you can choose. Like how they're treated, basically, at the beginning, like they could either be slaves or they could be just like, you know, oh, these people do hard work for us because we're tiny and they're big or whatever. But anyway, um, they're supposed to be like not very intelligent And they start off like they're basically like the workhorses of your people, they do all the the manual labor and stuff for you. Um, And then as you go throughout the game, like different scenarios pop up, like, do you keep them that way? Do you give them more rights? Do you let them explore on their own eventually kind of thing, especially like when there's ways to like, because eventually there's ways to improve people like that. Um, Like other species you find that are like, not quite sentient, you can make them sentient. So you can do the same thing with them. And then are you going to and stuff like that? Like, so that's kind of like moral choices throughout the thing that you needed to do with that. Um, Life Seated is one of the more difficult ones because uh, you have you start off with your home world being a Gaia world, which is not one of the ones you can usually pick. Like I, you in the list of ga- worlds I gave you, Gaia isn't one of them. So Gaia worlds are perfect for everybody. Like no matter what type of planet you come from, you're, it's always 100% habitable. Um, there's usually some kind of benefit to it um, beyond just being super habitable. Um, so the only thing problem with this is your your home world starts off as a, a size 30 Gaia world, which the size of the planets matter to depends on how many like districts you can have. So size 30 is a bit very big. Um, but the only thing is from that, that your starter species can only settle on other Gaia worlds. And they're very rare in this game. So, yeah, basically, you're going to be stuck mostly with just your original planet and not much else uh, until you unless you can find other Gaia worlds. There are eventual technologies that can create worlds into gaia worlds but there it takes a while to get to those so for for at least more than half the game you'll probably just have your one planet uh that you can settle on uh now that's just your founder species you can as i'll talk about later you can adopt other species into your your empire so you could settle other worlds with different species rather than your original species and then have that work for you <clears throat> um but yeah uh so post-apocalypse um your home world is a tomb world like i was talking about before with the radiotrophic. basically your your world is starts off as having sur- you basically survived a nuclear war holocaust uh a, a nuclear winter um so you you start off with a tomb world you can settle other tomb worlds more easier than a lot of other species do um and uh i mean that's pretty much it for that one uh i mean things pop up issues on on your world with like radiation and stuff like that but uh remnants uh, so this one starts off as uh, your world is a different world that I did like if these are all different world ones here in this section, obviously, because there was the the guy world, this is the tomb world, which normally you can't pick as a star world. And then this last one is a relic world, which is another uh, rare type that you can't start off as normally. Um, so this starts off your your world as a relic world. So, most relic worlds are like large worlds that were very technologically advanced, but are were abandoned for some reason. Um, so when you settle them, they have a lot of technology already there for you to use um by the the people that used to live there and abandon the planet for whatever reason. These are also rare. Um, so this is another like Gaia world situation where you're not going to find a lot of relic worlds around um to settle. um, but you're you're Your home world starts off as relic world, which has a lot of powerful things on it to start with, Um, uh, and it looks like you get a couple different technologies that you start with that other that usually don't as well with that one. Um, All right, Uh, so shattered ring. Um, So eventually, when you get further into the game, you are eventually able to create megastructures, which one of the mega structures you can create is called a ring world, which basically you take all the planets and and whatnot in the the sector and turn them into a giant ring around the star. Um, And then you can, like, people can live on it. It's basically like Halo. We've played Halo. (laughs) It's one of those giant ring worlds. Um, so this one, you start off with a ring world, but it's busted except for one section. So that one section is basically your home world. The other four sections of this of the circle are busted up and can't be used. Um. <laughs> Eventually, I think you can repair it because a lot of times you find a broken ring world every once in a while um, and every once in a great while, uh, and the broken sections can be repaired. Uh, So once you get that technology, you can probably repair this and have a ring world as your starting world. Um, But in in the beginning, you only have the one section of this of the of the ring world as your starter. All right, void dwellers. Now, this one is interesting because you don't have a starting planet. You live on space stations, um, which is a thing you can do later in the game as well. You can build orbital space stations that people can live on orbital habitats um this uh starting only allows you to live on the orbital habitats but you start off with the technology and ability to build them um so basically you can you don't need stars you don't need to find worlds you can just build habitats wherever habitats are much smaller than worlds um so you you need a lot more to get the same benefit as you do from worlds but you can build them like you can build several as long as there are big enough structures to like hold the gravitational hold hold them into a star system. Um, So basically, barren worlds or or gas giants, stuff like that, you can just build these anywhere. Um, So you can have multiple and different stars. You can build them pretty much wherever you want to. Um, They're just smaller than usual, uh, than planets. Um, They come with their own issues, because like I said, they don't have a lot of size. but this, you start off with the ability to build them, and their the build cost is twenty five percent less than it normally is for all the hat, the materials and stuff you
1: need to to build them.
0: Uh, so the next starter is Scion. So Scions, uh, there are are um they're called fallen empires in the in the game. There are several, they're basically like super technologically advanced superior um, species that have stopped expanding into the universe for whatever reason. So they only take up like maybe five or six stars that they control and they never, they don't, well, under certain circumstances, in most circumstances, they just stay in that area and they don't ever come out. But they're super powerful. So Scion is that one of the fallen empires has taken a liking to you and they're your overlord. So basically, if anybody like tries to pick on you, if anyone tries to make war on you, the fallen empire will be like, nah, and their giant fleets will come in, like crush everybody to tell them, make them leave you alone. Um, the only problem with that is like sometimes they'll make demands of you um, throughout the game. So they'll be like, oh, I need you to do this. So then eventually you've got to decide if you are strong enough and want to overthrow them and get rid of them, or if you're just going to keep having them watch your back and stuff like that so um that's how that scenario goes uh galactic doorstep that's this one's another kind of like eh one um basically there's a, a a a dormant gateway system in your home world um
1: you're not sure
0: where it goes um so eventually you get the technology to like repair it and see where the gateway goes um but until then it's kind of just like it just sits there um the one once you open it it could be a benefit it could lead somewhere dangerous or it could let things through that are dangerous to your home world so it's kind of like a a gamble um but it's also i i find it a little boring because it doesn't do anything until you repair it it's just kind of like sits there and does nothing. <laughs> Um all right, Tree of Life. Uh so this is another homeworld type thing. It's technically like you can't find Tree of Life Homeworld unless you have this this starter. Uh so it's not really like a a thing you'll normally find in the game. So your homeworld becomes a tree of life. Basically, you this you have to I think you have to be a plant species in order to have this as your starting scenario um so your home world is basically like has the jump one giant tree in it kind of like the world tree in uh in D. um but you when you colonize other planets you need to plant another tree of life there or your people can't survive um <clears throat> uh so that's that's basically Like you can live on most planets, but first you have to build a tree, you have to plant a tree of life there and let it grow and take over the planet before you can can move there, basically. Um, That's pretty much all there is to that one. Um, On the shoulders of giants. um, Basically, uh, there's these things called uh, archaeology sites that you uncover. Like as you're, as you're exploring the universe, certain planets or or asteroids and stuff have archaeology sites, which you send scientists in to, to dig and usually discover interesting things or powerful artifacts and stuff. On the shoulders of giants, it starts off with your home world has an archaeology site, which normally it does not. Um, so basically, it starts off with one of those archaeology sites that your scientists can excavate and see what's in there. Um, there are many different ones it could be um so there are different scenarios that you could end up with with this um so that depends on that i can't really explain what happens because there's so many different things that could happen with that but basically you start off with an archaeology uh dig on your home world it has something to do with the people that came before you
1: <clears throat>
0: uh calamitous birth is you can only play this one if you're the lithoids which is the rock people um, basically, it, your world has a massive crater, which was your people crashing into it on a giant sled boulder, basically, and breaking into the pieces that are you. Um, so then you can like fling, basically fling meteors at other planets and crash into there and like your people grow out of it. So that's how you basically spread instead of doing it by ships, like the other species do. You basically fling giant meteors and create massive craters that your people crawl out of onto planets. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, All right, this is another one. Uh, This one is you can only do if you're a machine species. It's called resource conduct consolidation. Your world becomes a machine world, which again is is one of the types of worlds you can't find. You can only do it by this. By this starting scenario, you won't just find machine worlds out out in the galaxy.
1: Um,
0: uh, so basically, like your world is completely electronic now. There's no like living material. It's all like a robot world, basically. Um, and you can do this to other planets, um, which gives you, as a robot, it gives you um, different benefits and whatnot. Um,
1: so basically, it's just a unique beginning thing
0: for a robots uh, species. Um, uh, common ground. Now, this one, is, doesn't have anything to do with your home world. Um, so what this is, is you start off as a Federation. So in the game when you meet other species like there's diplomatic things and you you can have a galactic senate and stuff like that but then you can also form federations like in star trek like you can become a group of of worlds well em- well not just worlds but like a group of species of different empires that work together and become like a federation like in star trek where all the different alien species you know works together under the the Starfleet, basically so this is the same kind of thing except normally that you do that later in the game but this starts you off as part of the federation yeah Yeah. so there's two other you start off knowing two other civilizations um and the three of you are together as part of the federation um and so that's how that basically just start with the federation that's the beginning it doesn't have anything to do with your home world or anything like that um so that's that one uh hegemony is the same thing, except it's a different type of federation. It's a mi- mil—it's more of a military one. Like the other one is the common ground is more like a diplomatic or scientific one. Whereas a hegemony is more like a military one. Um, but basically it's the same thing. <clears throat> a federation, you start off with a federation, it's just a different type. Doomsday, which is the one I've just been doing that I just, my more my, my recent game was Doomsday. This is a very difficult one. So what this is is doomsdays, your home world is is deteriorating and is going to explode. Basically, like it's ripping itself apart from the inside. So you have a certain amount of time like it gives you a range of time. It doesn't tell you exactly when uh, that your planet is going to be destroyed. So you have to try and quickly find other planets as fast as you can to colonize and get your people start to like evacuate your people off the planet before it explodes. Um, like the first time around I did this, I had the only things around me were were plants that I had only 40% compatibility with, but I had to start moving people, um, because the planet was going to explode. So, uh, but I ended up like just I abandoned that game because it was getting way too hard. Like with the 40%, uh, I found two plants with 40% compatibility and I was trying to move everybody over to them. But because that was such such low habitability for my people, like it was draining all of my resources, like I was in the negative with everything. And I was just like, I, there's no way I can recover from this. So I abandoned that game. And I started a new one. And the new one I did find more compatible worlds with the new one than I started, but uh, I wasn't able to get everybody off of the planet in, in time, like I was able to get enough off to continue on with the game. But like, I think It was like 700,000 or something like that. People died. I don't remember exactly, but it was quite a few that I couldn't get off the planet in time. So, Uh, but yeah, so that one you got to try and find basically search as fast as you can to find compatible worlds and get your people off the planet. Uh, Lost Colony uh, is you are a colony that got split off from your founding species um and you can eventually find them throughout eventually down the down the line like they're basically somewhere on the other side of the galaxy so you can find your your founding species and reconnect with them and like it it depends on whether you like do you like them are they gonna try to take control of you are you going to be allies we to be enemies kind of thing so that's it's interesting to see how that goes uh necrophage which is uh for
1: the um uh don't remember what they're called one of the species uh uh, the necroids uh you can only be a necroid with that one um
0: uh so basically with this one like you you feed on other forms of life because they're basically like vampires. Uh, So you 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 basically you find other like pre Like pre flight uh, is uh, they call them pre FTL civilizations, which is means pre for faster than light. Um, And basically you like infect them with your vampirism and take over their planets. That's how you spread in that one. Uh, So yeah, that one's an interesting one. I actually don't think I've ever played that one. That's one I'm gonna to have to try. Um, yeah, uh, so that there's that one. <laughs> uh, clone army uh, is you were a an army that was cloned basically for a war. But then the people that cloned you either must have like gotten defeated and wiped out, so you're basically just a colony of clones that is just wandering around, and now you're going off on your own. Um, so this it gives you the ability to clone and gives you clone soldiers right off at the bat um and uh, yeah so that's the only way your species like procreates is through cloning you can't do it the normal way so you have to build like clone vats and stuff like that um here there be dragons which is one of my favorites i played it a couple times uh where your home system has a sky dragon that flies through space and is protective of it uh it it basically uh You can't talk with the dragon when it starts, but eventually like you can and there's like stuff you need to do for it. And like sometimes it's a detriment, but then eventually you gain the ability to hatch its eggs. um, And then you have basically mini dragons in your uh, fleets. Um, So, yeah, that's a fun one. Uh, Ocean Paradise is only for the, the water worlds. Um, so this one, your your home world starts off as an ocean paradise. Um, it's size thirty. It's all water. Um, it's basically um The largest kind of world you can get. um, and it's really beneficial to start off with that. And then, as you go with this one, when you when you create, uh, when you uh,
1: when you Habitate. It. Why, why, why are words gone? Where have the words gone? Uh, I will blame it. Canada, Matilda, I will um, uh, colonize. Okay,
0: when, when you colonize new planets, um, you can if there's ice in the system, you can have your you can mine for ice and then drop it on the planet and have it melt and become like increase the amount of water on the planet to make your planets bigger. So that's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, Progenitor Hive. um, This is for a hive mind if you're a hive mind species. Um, So basically you don't have individualism, like your whole species is controlled by one hive mind. Uh, And this is like an origin for that. you have spawning pools and offspring nests and stuff instead of like regular buildings. Um so basically you you spread your hive mind to the rest of the galaxy or at least try to. Um, subterranean um is one of the newer ones. This is your species lives underground on the planet. So you can have people other people living on the surface. Um so whenever you you colonize planets, you actually move below the surface. Um and live under there, which helps against like if your planets are being bombarded by enemy fleets, like it helps protect you because you're underground, you don't take as much damage. Um uh, mining is easier and stuff like that. Like it just has different benefits to being underground. And like I said, then you can have other species that live on the surface as well if you wanted to, instead of just being all underground. Um Uh, Slingshot to the stars is another kind of eh one Um, instead of the gateway in your home system, it has a ruined quantum catapult that you can fix. Um, So quantum catapult basically just flings your ships randomly throughout the galaxy. Um, So it's a good exploration tool. But I mean, other than that, it's kind of like, eh, it's not really a a very interesting kind of thing. Um, But I mean, I guess you could find weird things easier and faster than you would normally if you were just slowly moving out from your home world so there's that's to consider but i don't i kind of think it's boring
1: uh teachers of the shroud um
0: so this one is basically uh you you start off as a psychic species where normally you have to work towards it um because the shroud is the teacher like there's a there's there's like specialty things like there's the the there's ones that do like scientific study and stuff like that called the curators there's the the an artisan troop um but these are all like space stations and one of them is the the shroud teachers that like look into the future and show you different things so in this it, one of the newer scenarios you've hired the, the the teachers to be like to teach your species how to
1: contact the
0: um how to use psychic abilities and stuff like that from the start so that you don't have to worry about doing it later. Um you also have a they give you a shroud beacon which allows you to build a shroud tunnel to their enclave um from where wherever you want in your in your kingdom. Um, uh So the Imperial Fiefdom is the next one. So this is basically you have an Overlord um, that's a different species, um, a different um, Empire that controls yours. Um, Not controls, obviously you're in control because you're the player, but like they get to like tax you, but they also give you protection. It's kind of like the Fallen Empire, except that they're a regular um, Empire um, because. In the game, you can ask to uh, basically have be like, they're basically like your subjects, Um, you don't completely control them, but like you can set things, you can decide if they can vote on certain things and stuff like that. Um, So you can actually get uh, other kingdoms that are like, or uh, empires that are weaker than you, you can demand that they become vassals. This is basically you starting off as a vassal to see how it goes. Like, are you going to build yourself up and overtake them? Are you going to manipulate them into protecting you while you're doing whatever? Are you actually going to just stay and be loyal? Like, there's decisions you make with that, whether what you want to do. Overtuned. um, Overtuned is basically, uh, it's kind of like the teachers of the shroud that start you off with, the telepathic ability. Overtuned is more the cybernetic route, because you can, as the game goes on, you can choose to be cyborg people, basically. And Overtuned allows you to do that earlier on. Um, um, and there's Knights of the Toxic God, which is another one I like. Um, so basically, in that one, you have there's orbital habitats that are called the, the Keepers. Um, there's nightly orders and quests that they go on. Uh, the knights go on quests, and then you get like pop ups of like you have to make decisions for the knights while they're doing their quests and stuff like that to try to find the toxic god. Um, that's a fun one because <clears throat> it's like all about it's all about knights and stuff. Like if I could bu- combine that one in the dragon one, I would love it. But you can't combine them, unfortunately. But that's that's one of the ones one of the ones I like. Um. So the next one is payback so this one is you had a basically a this one is another challenging one uh there was a uh basically a a species that had control of a bunch of other species basically enslaved them a bunch of other kingdoms or worlds and stuff so basically they your people rose up and like fought
1: them off uh and freed themselves
0: so you you start off as like you have a a, one of their giant destroyed sips in in your in your home system um that you can like mine for technology and resources um but then they they like send a a fleet every once in a while, and they're like, oh, you know, you just have to pay us back for all the things you destroyed and then you'll be free or whatever. So you can either pay it or you can fight fight back. Um, But they come every like 10 years or so. So in the beginning, you don't really have like, you're not strong enough to fight them, but like as you develop, you can be like, "Hmm, should I try fighting them yet? Or should I just keep paying this stupid tax or whatever? So um, that's a kind of an interesting one. Especially when you find like their home system and try to go to war with them because they're they're jerks. They're a-holes. I keep forgetting I'm not on I'm on I'm, I'm simply unprofessional. I can swear. I can swear. Indeed, Matilda,
1: indeed. <clears throat>
0: uh, uh broken shackles is kind of the same thing uh as payback except that you were a, a a slave ship of that same people like if you if you're doing multiplayer you can both play like one of you can be broken shackles and one of you can be pay, payback and then it'll be the same like over species that that was taking you both around so broken shackles is basically you were a slave ship that crashed and now like all the species that were on the ship are like your starting species um so there's like a ton of different you start off with a ton of different species you have to figure out like some of them have different cultures and whatnot and like there's like as you go through the scenario there's different like things you have to decide like are we going to be this are we going to be that uh with your like morals and and like are you going to be author authoritarian are you going to be xenophobes are you going to be purifiers are you going to be uh spiritualists, stuff like that. Like, you have to kind of choose that stuff because you have so many different species. And then, like, a lot of the... Most of the planets are accessible because you you have a lot of different species. So, like, most of them are from different types of... Like, some of them are good at in frozen worlds. Some of them are good in desert worlds, stuff like that. Um, but then you also have the problem... Like, you don't have them showing up demanding you pay back like you do in, in, in Payback, like, demanding that you pay your money for destroying their fleet. But there's still like a menace out there, the same the species that was enslaved you. Uh, The next one is Fear the Dark, which is a fun one. I just did this one right before I did this new Doomsday one. Um, So Fear the Dark is you have your world in your home, but there's also a second world that is inhabited in your home system. Um, so what it is is you are two worlds that basically are revolving around each other. Um, there was another world in between that was destroyed, and half of your people think that it was from an out like an alien species tried to destroy you uh, but hit that planet instead. And so the other half of the world is like, no, you're it's just like a fluke thing. It, you're being paranoid. So the paranoid people move to the other planet you have your planet. They have their planet. Um, so they don't want you to be exploring the universe. They want you to stay and not do anything. Um, So there's like scenarios that come up between your two worlds. Like sometimes they have problems. It's like, are you going to help them out? Sometimes some of their people come to you and they're like, oh, I want to work with you like they're scientists or whatever. They'll be like, oh, can I work with you for a while? Blah, blah, blah. And then you have to decide whether you want to let them go back or tempt them into staying. Um, sometimes their world will develop technologies that you don't have and they'll offer it to you for like certain things. They'll be like, if you slow down your exploration, basically, we'll give you this technology and you have to decide whether you want to take it for that. Cause like it's like, oh, your exploration slows down by 50% or stuff like that. So like you have to basically be like, hmm, should I do this? Should I not? Like, and they keep And then there's other scenarios that come up like the first time I met a species that had like a a thing, a border station near us. It was like they launched an attack of invisible ships at the border station. And I had to decide whether to intercept their ships, to warn the people, to let it happen. Uh, Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that comes up with them. It's pretty interesting. Uh, Under one rule. um, So they came up with with Paragon's. Recently that was the the DLC right before this new one about that I don't have about the astral planes. So paragons are like special characters that have a lot of benefits to them. Um you can you can build um like things in one of your spaceship space stations to call out to the, the galaxy to get like these special paragon people. So this one allows you to start off with your ruler as a paragon. Um you get to create like choose a bunch of powerful traits for them and basically they because now there's a council that you choose their positions um there's five person council usually um eventually five it starts off with three or four uh then you can expand it to five or six um but your ruler is one of these people that has like a lot of very special traits and then things happen like i know there's a there's a thing about At one point, he almost died. He had like a heart attack, and I had to like decide whether I was going to like shuffle resources to try and keep him alive or just let him go and build a memorial type of thing and whatnot. Like, there's a lot of different things that happen with that too. Uh, Fruitful partnership. This one is a newer one. I use this with my dryads. I created a dryad species. So, what this is, is like you create. There's, like, these things called space fauna, basically. They're space animals that go around and just basically do stuff. Like, some of them are docile, some of them are hostile. But with this, like, all of them are pretty much docile. And they come to you, and they you have, like, these special fruits that they'll eat. And then once they eat the fruit, they, like, go around the galaxy, and they drop seeds onto different planets. And then your people can grow out of the seeds that they drop. So that's, like, how you... Um, colonize different worlds in this one is basically you you just randomly colonize where the seed, the, the creatures drop you um, and then there's a new one called Rift World which just started, it's the new DLC I can not played this one because I can't because I don't have that DLC but it says Homeworld create ancient crater archaeology site, chance for astral rifts to appear in your system that you control is 100% I don't know what an astral rift is um but yeah and it says astral rift exploration speed is plus 25% astral rift fail probability is negative 50%. um so it must have to do with like exploring the astral plane i'm guessing um like i said i i don't have that dlc so i don't know what that one's about apparently you explore astral rifts and they appear in your home system with this origin all right uh so
1: that's all the origins <clears throat> Uh, thank you, Matilda. <laughs> uh,
0: so then you, so after you pick your origin, you pick your government and your authority and your civics. Um, so your 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 ethics, you get three points. Um, some ethics cost one. Like there's there's you can pick three one point ones, or you can pick one one point one and one two point one. Um, so the two point ones are just more. Uh, invested in the certain type of ethics it is so like for instance one of the ethics you can pick is militarist uh and then you can be which for two points you can be a fanatic militarist um so like the and then the um the opposing ones are opposite like so militarist is at the top and then at the bottom is pacifist you can only be one or the other um, so it's pacifist and then fanatic pacifist or militarist, or fanatic militarist. Um, there's spiritualist, fanatic spiritualist, um, materialist, fanatic materialist, uh, authoritarian, fanatic authoritarian, egalitarian, fanatic egalitarian, xenophile, fanatic xenophile, and xenophobe, fanatic xenophobe. And then in the center is gesalt consciousness, which is basically the hive mind type thing. Um, uh so when you pick those um like i said you can't pick the opposites and mostly it's just like like authoritarian uh it it determines what type of authority or president like leadership you can have by picking these um they don't tell you here but some of the things have different um benefits as well like each one, like as you hover over it, it tells you different benefits they have. But I know you have to be some form of spiritualist to get the psychic abilities, and you have to be some form of materialist to get the cyborg abilities. So those are also mutually exclusive. <clears throat> um, but it doesn't tell you that here, obviously. It's because I have played the game, so I know these things. Um, so then authority is you can have democratic um oligarch which is basically like a small council of people uh dictatorial which is you're basically like a dictator you have a so the presidents they democratic is you have a, well, like a president that's elected every 10 years oligarch is it's a council uh that's elected every 20 years dictatorial is you have a dictator who is always the ruler and a new ruler is chosen upon their death imperial which is like a king or queen basically and then their child is the next ruler they're not ran they're not just randomly picked like they do with the dictator dictator. um there's hive mind which is we talked about hive mind kind of there's machine intelligence which is basically hive mind except for machines um and then there's corporate so if you choose that authority instead of an empire you are a corporation Um, with like a corporate board. So what that is, is basically you're spreading, you're like a commercial business that is trying to spread to different, like when you come, when you meet other species and stuff, you can then open like businesses on their home world. And you can be like just a regular business, like selling stuff and whatnot. Or you can also be a criminal empire uh, doing shady shit, um, which increases like crime and stuff on those worlds. So that depends on what you want to do with that. Um, And then your civics, you get to pick two civics, which there's a huge list. I'm not going to go through all of them, but like uh, there's diplomatic core where you get extra envoys. Like each one has a benefit of being them. Um, There's master crafters, which you can create. You have artificers instead of artisans that create consumer goods and trade value and stuff like that. Merchant guilds, mining guilds uh police state reanimators which you could bring back the dead uh so there's a whole bunch of different things and some of them are depend on what you're like there's uh exalted priesthood like you have to be spiritualist to get to unlock that fanatic purifiers um you have to be which basically means you're trying to wipe out everyone else in the galaxy kind of thing um but there, there's like a ton of these. I'm not going to go through them because there's like a billion. Uh, but you, you want to look through those and choose your two two civics, and then later on, I think you can get a third civic um, by unlocking it through technology. But that takes a while. Uh, then you choose the voice on your of your advisor. So there's a bunch of different voices that you can pick that gives you like alerts and stuff. Uh, then you name your empire, and you also give it an adjective. So like the guy like I said the game wants to whatever your adjective is. Um, So say I was like the Rainbow Union, the adjective would be like Rainbow Union, like you wouldn't put the Rainbow Union again, but like so Rainbow Union ships, blah, 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 blah. Um, So whatever adjective it would be to describe your empire or whatever. Then you get to design the flag of your empire, which there's many different like shapes and colors and stuff that you can do for the background and for the front symbol and all that. Uh, Then you get to pick the appearance of your ships. Which there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 11, 12, 13, 17 different types of ships you can choose from. Um, but uh, uh, for style, basically. And then each one has different ships in that style. Like there's a bunch of different types of ships and, and space stations and stuff in that style. There's seventeen different styles. Um, and then your ruler, your starting ruler, you get, you can choose their name, their sex, their biography, what they look like, their title. Like king, queen, president, counselor, chancellor, like whatever you want their title to be and their name, um, and then you get to pick uh, one trait, unless you have that special starter thing with the, uh, the special starter scenario with the um, paragon leader. You don't. You get to pick one trait for your leader, and whether they're an official, uh, a commander or a scientist, uh, they just recently changed that with the new update too, because it used to be. Command, it just has commander now. It used to be general and admiral, but now it's just commander for either one. And then official, they used to have like ambassador and uh, governor, but now it's just official. And then scientist again, which always scientists, but so they kind of like simplified it a little bit, took away some of the the leader roles for just those three. Tilly. All right. uh, So then when you've done all that, you've started the, the game. So good. Yay, you just started the game.
1: Isn't that great? Yeah, I, I know. I feel that. Yeah, I know. I hear you. And I hear you squeaking in the background. Uh so anyway. <laughs> now you get to start the game.
0: Um, So basically to play the game, like I said in the beginning, you start off with one planet, One, well, unless you have that fear of the dark, then you technically have two planets, although one of them you don't control. So you have your one star system that you start off with. It's got your home world um, and then it's got some resources that you need to mine uh, or study. So basically you start off with one science ship, start off with one construction ship, and you start off with a small contingent of fighters. So you send your science ship out to explore the surrounding stars through lines called hyperlanes so each each um system has lines that come off it that lead to other star systems so you send your science ship out to the new star systems and you do a thing called survey or you survey everything in there the scientists like find different anomalies or they discover resources and then you send in your construction ship to build a star base to claim the that system is yours and part of your empire build mining stations over resources or research stations over like scientific discoveries um and basically that's how the game goes from there um so now there's a bunch of menus um so there's a menu across the top there's a menu on the left side there's a menu on the right side and then there's a menu on the bottom left or no bottom right. Um so <laughs> there's lots of different things that you need to to watch and and keep keep control of. Um so across the top it, first it shows your energy credits which is basically your money in this game. So you need energy to run things, it's also usually how you buy things um with energy. So it shows you your current amount of energy that you have stored and how much you're getting or losing each month. Next is minerals. Uh, You need minerals to build most things. Um, Also other things like um, alloys, you need to turn minerals into alloys. So it it fuels some things and then you also use it to build like buildings and stuff. Uh, Next is food. Um, So food needs is eaten by your populations. The higher your populations on your different planets, the more food they consume. Next is consumer goods. Um, So consumer goods, you know, each person needs a certain amount of consumer goods each each month for your population, as well as some jobs require consumer goods to work, such as like scientists, like they need their beakers and their microscopes and stuff like that. So some of the other jobs are fueled by consumer goods. Um, next is alloys. Um, so you need minerals to turn into alloys. Um, and your people on your planet, there's people that turn the minerals into alloys. And then you need alloys, most of your ships and and what and, and your star bases are are created out of alloys. So that's mostly what you use those for. Next is influence. So influence is basically the amount of political clout you have, I suppose would say. Um so this allows you, like you need certain amount of influence to claim star systems as your own. Um and to do some other things, but mostly are also to claim other people's territories as yours in a war. Like if you're at a war, you can claim people's territories. And then if you take over that that star, you get to keep it if you've claimed it as yours. So basically that's most of what you use it for. Sometimes decisions will come up that if you want to make a certain decision in those in the little pop-ups, sometimes they take influence, a certain amount of influence to choose that option. Uh, And if you don't have enough, it'll be grayed out. So you can't pick it. But um, and then there's other things that like if you choose stuff, it'll give you influence um, instead of other things. So you got to decide what you want. Um, So this you don't accumulate much. Usually it's like plus three to plus four a month influence wise. Um, So it takes a while to like claim a bunch of systems. Um, So you want to keep an eye on that, like especially if you're trying to race to some kind of resource you need, you want to be keeping an eye on that to see how much you have to claim the star systems there and in between. Um, Because if you you connect adjacent stars, it costs less influence than one that's like five or six star systems away. It's going to cost you a lot more influence to claim that. So usually you want to claim in a line because it takes a lot less influence to claim each one that's close to each other than doing one that's further away. Next is unity, which is basically the cohesion of your people, how they're getting along, how they agree with each other, how they agree with how you're running things. Um, So, unity is used to unlock, um, it's used to hire people. For one thing, you need unity to hire new scientists or commanders or people like that. And a certain amount of unity is needed to maintain their salary, basically. Um, And then there's also um traditions that you can unlock with that um so you can have up to seven traditions that each have different benefits to them um and each one has like five or six different subcategories of each tradition that give you special powers basically um so currently in the current game i'm playing i have the traditions i've unlocked so far discovery expansion and mercantile so Discovery, it allows me to... Uh, uh, so my survey speeds are increased greatly. I ha- I can uh, research anomalies faster. All of my research stations have bonuses. Um, I can maintain more scientists. Uh, uh, my leaders gain experience faster. And the, my upkeep of regular researchers is reduced with that. For expansion my colonies develop faster it takes less influence to claim star systems um it takes less uh it reduces the amount of minerals and energy my star base is consumed to be upkeeped it uh grows my population more new colonies start with additional populations so each one has like a mercantile like all of my trade stations collect trade once more faster there's more trade protection against piracy um my merchants produce more trade value and amenities the the trade value overall is just increased stuff like that so each one of those has different things under it like one of the traditions you can unlock is the the psychic ability or being cyborgs um so that's what that does with unity um and then every time you complete a tradition you get all you unlock all the things in it. You get special ascension perks, which are super powerful abilities um, that it really help you along in the game. Um, so after Unity is your how much research you're getting per per month. So currently my physics research is plus 185, my society research is plus 150, and my engineering research is 158. Uh, After that is your Rare rare Resources, Volatile Notes, Exotic Gases, Rare Crystals, Living Metals, furrow, Dark Matter, Nanites, and Minor Artifacts. So that shows you how many of those you're getting each month. Uh, Then is your Empire Size. If your Empire Size is over 100, it starts to slow down your uh, 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 technology um, research and uh, increases the Tradition Costs for Unlocking Traditions. So basically the larger your empire is, the more those kind of things slow down because you're taking resources away to maintain your giant empire. Um and then the next is your population, uh, what how much total population you have in your empire, and then it breaks it down for species of each one. Uh what what type, of, if you hover over it, it shows you what each type of, of species you have. Um next is Envoys, how many you have and how many are currently working um envoys are your diplomatic corps basically they help to when you meet new species or new uh animals or whatever like they work to decipher their language so that you can communi- communicate with them and then you can send them basically as diplomats to improve relations or harm relations or you can send them as spies um but you currently i have full i can use four i'm only currently using one which i should remedy that um, and then after that is your star base capacity, how many star bases you can have versus how many you're using. And then your naval capacity, how much of uh, Navy, how many basically warships you can have based and how many you're currently using. Uh, and then further over is the pause button and the play button. So you can pause the game if you need to read something or if you're doing trying to make decisions and you don't want the game to keep going as you're trying to decide what to do. You can pause it, and then there's also the music, and you can increase the speed of the game or slow it down as well here. Um, So then the menu on the left side, uh, the top is your situation log, where any special situations will appear here under the situation log, Uh, any archaeological digs you've uncovered, uh, um, any special things that you need to research that have popped up, um, any special projects that you've been giving, given, um, they all there in the situation log. Anomalies, um, they pop up while your your scientists are surveying. Uh, I usually just have them research the anomalies right away. So as soon as they pop up, I just click research. But if for some reason you just want to survey, like say you're trying to get somewhere fast and you just want them to survey, um, the anomalies will be listed here. You can go back and research them later. Um, and then the last tab under that is Victory. Um, it shows you who has what, how many points towards victory, and it show, it tells you what the victory conditions, like what it's counting towards victory conditions. If And then you can click on most of them will have. If you haven't met them, it'll just say all unknown. But if you have met them, uh, depending on how like well you know them, like if you have an ambassador there, if you have a, uh, an embassy and stuff like it'll show you like how close other people are, like what their score is for each thing and what yours is. Um, But if you don't know them very well,
1: it would just say unknown for all of them. Um, So then under that, your
0: government, it shows you your council. You can change out leaders here except for your main leader because they're usually elected. But the other counselor positions, you can change out to any leader that you want. Um, you have agendas that you that your council is currently working on. Um, usually they're all beneficial. I've never seen a detrimental. Uh, <clears throat> um, Why did I just call them? It's gone out of my brain. It's, it's like five in the morning. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, agendas. There we go. OK, so agendas uh here that your your counselor is working on and then when they've completed it it becomes more powerful and lasts for a while um then there's factions which shows you the different factions of your your population what they want uh like there's a list of what it is that those factions desire you can decide to follow those or not um and the more of uh that you comply with their wishes the more unity you get from them um, and then policies and edicts. So there are different policies on different things that you can change. Um, like your trade policy. I currently have wealth creation as my trade policy, but I can do consumer benefits or marketplace of ideas. Uh, economic policy. I have mixed economy, but you can change it to civilian economy or military economy. Uh, resettlement. I have resettlement is allowed. You can, you can not allow it. Um, Orbital bombardment. There's selective and indiscriminate uh subjugation, there's oppressive, balanced or benevolent, uh war philosophy is unrestricted, liberation wars or defensive wars only. So there's a whole bunch of things under policies that you can choose slavery denied or allowed, purging, uh prohibited, displacement only or allowed, stuff like that. Um and then edicts are they cost unity, but you have a special edicts budget of unity that you can use for for uh, edicts. Um, but if you go over that, then it draws out from your regular unity too. Um, but they, they don't all cost unity, like some of them cost energy credits, some of them costs uh, the special uh, uh, the rare resources, but each one has different abilities, like there's recycling campaign that costs uh, monthly energy credits, but your consumer good upkeep is negative 10%. One of the ones I have active is Map the Stars. It's 32 unity a month, but it it increases your survey speed by 25%, anomaly discovery chance by 10%, and your ship discovery range by 1%. And then there's, like, if you're running low on something, like, say I'm I'm low on my food is in the negative, I'm going down each month rather than gaining. There's farming subsidies, so I can increase farmers' output by 50%, but it increases the energy cost upkeep of farmers by 50%. Uh, by 0.50 points so every farmer it costs like half a a credit more per month to maintain them basically stuff like that um so that's the the edicts
1: um uh
0: next is society management which i was talking to you about um that i just talked to you about with the tr- what that's what the
1: the unity Um, is for
0: Um, so then there's another tab here called crisis so at the end of the game there's a crisis that forms that comes from like beyond the stars there's like five or six different ones that could be the end game crisis but basically you have to like deal with it at the end of the game some of them could be it could be awakened sleeping empires that I talked about before that's why I said they normally don't do anything but sometimes they do it could be threats from beyond the stars but now there is a thing where you yourself can become the crisis if you want um i think it was like two expansions ago they did this um so if you choose to become the crisis that's what the crisis tab is for like there's certain things you have to do and um uh, to become the crisis and like it'll give you like a checklist of like you need to do this you need to do that kind of thing <laughs> and then you become the endgame crisis, and everybody gets together to try to stop you. Uh, basically, Emperor Palpatine, this bitch. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, there you go. Um, so that's also like the Galactic Senate is a thing. You can also you can not necessarily have to be the crisis to Emperor Palpatine this. So there's a special thing. Like normally, the the the, the leadership of the count of the Galactic Senate rotates between the different member species. If there is a crisis that you're dealing with, you can elect a Supreme Commander to deal with it until the crisis is over. If it's you, the player... I mean, this is a multiplayer, so you could also be one of the other players. But if they choose you, and you decide you can choose not to give up... Matilda! Stop! If they choose you, you can decide not to give up the power. And basically make the entire galaxy your empire like that's another thing like you basically become a secondary crisis after dealing with the crisis because you're like nah i'm gonna be the ruler and you can't stop me i'm not giving up the power so that's like another thing that can also happen so like i said this this game there's lots of things that can go on and it's, it's very interesting uh so next is technology so there's four, three different technology types that you can research. Um, there's physics, there's society, and there's engineering. So physics is like um, different things like particles and whatnot. It's, you develop lasers or energy type uh, things to improve your energy consumption and uh, research wormholes and stuff like that um black research black holes and and all that kind of thing so that's your physics research society research is like learning how to clone um having longer life um and then like societal things like um
1: different um
0: well like the cyborg thing becoming cyborgs or and, and the psychic thing is all society uh, but there's also like special things like a com- uh, compact living is one of the things I'm doing right now, which reduces the your empire size. Um, um, it comes up with like weather control and habit- habitability, removing blockers on planets, like resurfacing the planet to remove mountains so that you can have more districts, removing poisonous jungles and stuff like that um and then engineering is basically your ship type stuff um it's building different ships and star bases uh learning how to um get more alloys and stuff better mining for more minerals stuff like that so basically every time you finish a technology a list pops up it starts off with three but then you can get other things or research other things that bring up more of the list um and then sometimes like you can research you get technologies from things you find like doing the archaeological digs or meeting with people or researching um your scientists just researching stuff in different star systems can give you different technologies where you don't have to sort research it through that <clears throat> Um next is leaders. Um it shows you all the leaders that you currently have hired, the number of officials, the number of commanders and the number of scientists. It's just a whole list of all the leaders, not the not just the ones that are on the council and you can also it shows you the ones that are possibly currently hireable if you if you need one in this list. Um so you need scientists to run the science ships that go places and explore. Uh, if they don't have a scientist assigned to them, they can't do anything um the governors give special uh bonuses to the different districts that they're in, in governing over and then like the commanders give special abilities to the ships or armies that they're currently commanding <clears throat> um species it basically shows you um like when you unlock the ability to do gene uh, genetic changes you can it shows you the the traits that you chose at the beginning. Basically, the like I said, how there's five different ones you can choose, but you could get negatives. So here, once you learn how to, to adjust your genetics, you can remove some of the bad things or add other good things um, at this point. Um, and then you could do it for any species that's in your empire. Um. Next is planets and sectors. It shows you the different from here if you don't want to. Because the other like on the other side, there's individual planets, like it shows you you can look at each individual planet But this the planets and sectors section gives you like an overview of the whole sector um, of what you're getting out of it, like uh, if there's a, a detriment in something or a surplus in something um you can also create vassals out of your sectors if you wanted to like basically give them independence but they're there's a vassal underneath your your empire um <clears throat> instead of like holding on to them basically be like nah, this is your problem you become your own thing but you're we're you're still beholden to us kind of thing um so yeah
1: uh <clears throat> Uh, then
0: there's the Expansion Planner. Expansion Planner basically has all the planets in it that you have not yet um, colonized. Um, the ones that you can and even the ones that you can't is basically any type of habitable planet. It also has the ones in and planets in it that could become uh, habitable with terraforming. Uh, so they're all listed here. <clears throat>
1: um, the ones that you have claimed
0: that are in your empire. Um, And it shows you the different, like their size, their distance from your capital, um, the the districts that they have available and any special uh, modifiers that are added to those planets. Um, Next is fleet management. So fleet management, you have, it shows you your different fleets and the types of ships and amount of each in each um fleet and then your ship designer where you can personally design the ships if you want um so it shows each type of ship and you can go in and decide what weapons and shields it has what um in it what sensors it's got what power source what thrusters so you can go in and basically build your own types of ships and then all most of your ships will be that like you can create different styles too Like there's the Corvette, like I could have three different types of Corvette with different weapons and whatnot if I wanted to. I just have to rename them so when I'm building them, I know which ones I'm building from the Starbase. But you could change them and have them be all different types of things, or you can have just one. I usually do just one type. Uh, Every once in a while, I'll do a second type, especially if I have like bombers with like torpedoes, because those are more like those have to get in close to do torpedo damage. Um, So you have to design them a little differently. But other than that, like I usually only have the one type. I just make one type of ship of each type. So there's co- I currently have Corvettes, Destroyers, and Defense platforms. But then like you can get battleships, you can get giant Titan ships and stuff like that. Um, but there's a whole bunch of different ship styles that you
1: can have. Um
0: uh, under that is contacts. It basically shows all the species that you've met and you can click on here to speak to them like you can do trade deals you can like I said you can do espionage but it's basically this shows you all the species you've met and like from here you can uh, contact them and do whatever you need to do um uh discoveries is basically the relics that you've uncovered um the relics are powerful artifacts that that have A passive effect and then they have an even more powerful activation effect but it usually it costs i think three thousand yeah all of them are three thousand it costs three thousand unity to activate them um and then you can't act and there's a cooldown and you can't activate more until the cooldown comes off um but um so like i said they have powerful passive effects and then they have powerful activated effects that are temporary um but there you can have up to six of these yeah um and then you have a bunch of minor artifacts that um, you can use for different things. Uh, basically, you can, you mine these from different like sites that you've dug up, um, but you can d- use them for different things depending on what your government type is and whatnot. Um, and then next is claims, which is what claims you've made on other people's territories. It shows you the list here of territories you've claimed from other from other empires that you could take over if you had a war. And the final thing is the market on this side. There's the regular market, which you can spend energy credits to buy different things like food or consumer goods or alloys or whatnot. Uh, You can also sell those things for energy credits if you want, if you have an abundance and you want to sell some to get energy credits. Um, And then the last is the slave market. Um, So if there are slaves for sale, they appear here on the slave market. Um, You can I usually have slavery outlawed. So the only thing I'm allowed to buy from the slave market is my own species to basically buy them and free them. Um, that's all it lets you do if you have out- a slavery outlawed. Um, <clears throat> and then through the Galactic Senate, you can push to have slavery outlawed everywhere for. So all the galactic species won't sell slaves. So like the so the, yeah. And then so the Senate is on the other side. The top of the other side has the Senate. If you've created it, it's also possible to like not be a part of the Galactic Senate. So if you don't want to be, you don't have to. But the Senate has a bunch of things proposed that the, the people vote on. And you have a different amount of influence based on your diplomatic score and what kind of uh, delegate you have representing you. I currently have a one of the paragons is my delegate representing me. So she's pretty powerful. Um, but it, it gives you a score based on your di- diplomatic weight of what voting so you can vote to support, you can vote to oppose, or you can abstain from each thing that comes up. Um,
1: <clears throat>
0: and you you can propose stuff, but proposing causes influence to propose your own things. And then there's a list of things that you can propose under the resolutions tab. So there's a whole bunch of things, uh, a list of stuff that you can propose if you want to. Um, and then under that is your, uh, your government tag uh so there's there's different tags on the left side there's government which shows you any situation that's currently going on Uh, then it shows you all your planets individually and then your space stations um so here you can click on your your planets individually so if i click on a planet it shows me what the the main thing of the planet is this one is a factory world tells me what type of world it is continental world what my species is seventy-eight percent compatible with this, and the size of the world is seventeen. Uh, any special modifiers? Which this world has high gravity, which is a building cost adds ten percent. District cost is ten percent. Habitability is minus five di- percent. Max districts is plus two um, for having high gravity. Uh, and then it shows you all the districts that you can build. There's always city district, industrial district, generator district, mining district, and agricultural district. Um, So basically, city district gives you your people places to live. It also unlocks slots for new buildings on the bottom. So there's 12 building slots, um, and normally they're all blocked, but one. So the more city districts you open, it it unlocks more of those up to the 12 slots to build stuff. Um, Industrial district, um, that's where you get your consumer goods and your minerals or um, alloys from. Generator districts gives you more energy credits. Mining districts has miners that give you more minerals. And then the agricultural district gives you farmers, which give you food. Um, So that's what those are all built for. And then each building that you can build in the building section, there's a bunch of different ones. Like currently, uh, um, this planet has research labs, which is sciences turn consumer goods into research. Um, I have hollow theaters, which entertainers turn consumer goods into unity and amenities. Amenities are a, another measure of something you have to have. Basically, amenities is like fun stuff for people to do. And if they don't have it, they get very upset at you and your planet stability goes down because everyone's miserable. Um, <clears throat> I have a civilian industries, which gives me more artisans that create consumer goods, commercial zones, which have clerk and trader jobs, which turn uh, which give me trade value and amenities. I have a crystal mine, which produces rare crystals, and a gas extraction well, which produces rare gases. Um, but like there's a bunch of things that you can build. Um there's alloy foundries, which give you more allies. There's uh auto uh auto monuments, which give you more unity. Um, there's an energy grid, which gives you more energy credits. Um, there's food processing facilities, which give you more food, there's gene clinics, which increase which have medical workers that increase your population growth. Um, hydroponics farms, which grow more food, um, luxury residences, which increase housing and amenities, uh, mineral purification plants, which give you more minerals, um, precinct houses, which uh, give you enforcers who, pre- who prevent crime and spread defense enemies. Um, So yes, yeah, so there's also crime on planets, which you want to keep low. So your enforcers um, keep your crime low. Um, Research labs, which I went over already resource silos, which can increase the amount of resources you can hold. Um, Strongholds, which uh, increase naval capacity and form and spawn defense armies on your on your planet. Um, And then uh, I can currently build temples because I'm a spiritualist. So I can build temples with have priests that turn consumer goods into unity and amenities. Um, So different there's different buildings based on your your government and stuff, too, that you can build. And then there's some specialty buildings that you can only build once. Uh, Like on my my home world, I currently have the vault of knowledge and the embassy complex and the ministry of culture all of which are singular buildings that have to be built on your capital um you can only have one through your whole empire
1: um
0: and those do different things as well like and uh, there's like i said there's just so much to do uh and then your space stations it uh space stations have six modules and four buildings that can be built as they're upgraded um, so the modules are shipyard anchorage gun battery hangar bay trade hub and detection array um there are also more that are unlocked throughout the game because i don't know there's also missile batteries which i don't currently have in this playthrough but like more things unlock that can be modules and then more buildings unlock currently there's crew quarters, interstellar recruitment office mining bay hydroponics bay resource silos nebula refinery listening post black hole observatory target uplink computer defense grid supercomputer art college Communication Jammer, disruption fields and transit hub there's also more of those that can be unlocked as well um, so those are the buildings that you can build in your star bases um, then your star base can have defense platforms which i went over those are in the ship builder, you can design what what kind of weapons and stuff on your defense platforms, which basically you want to build on your border stations with other empires to basically deter army uh, their fleets from coming in, so basically your stations can like help defend. Um, and then shipyard if your starbase has a shipyard that you put in as a module, you can build ships here. Like science vessels, construction ships, colony ships, and then your basic like corvettes, destroyers, battleships—all those kind of ships are built at this on the space stations. Um, so then the next tab is all your ships, your military fleets, your civilian ships, which are the science ships, the colony ships, and the um, construction ships, and then your transport fleets for your ground armies. Uh, Next is politics, it shows all your observation posts over at non FTL worlds that you're keeping an eye on people that are like in the Bronze Age and stuff, and whatnot, like you you get society research from observing them. Um, And then it also has all your fact different factions listed here. Um, Like I said, there's also the factions thing on the other side, but uh, this one has it listed for easier like you can just quickly glance at it and see what percentage of the population is in that faction, and what, what unity, you're, how much they approve of you, and what amount of unity you're getting from them. And then the last one is megastructures. Um, currently, I have a few disabled ones that I've come across that were destroyed. I'd, I'm not far, far enough in the game to start building my own yet. I'm not, I can't repair the ones, so all the, only the ones that are listed there are ruined ones I've come across and claimed under my uh, my arm empire. Um, and then on the bottom, uh it's basically the bottom one is just for different views like one of them shows you trade routes where trade routes are going in case you're having piracy issues you can kind of try and change the trade routes around that's the only thing that's really useful down there otherwise it's just different views like diplomatic view shows you like how much uh, your neighbors like or dislike you like they're they're just different things to show different views so but yeah, so then as you go, like you can run into like different things. Like I ran into like uh, the dimensional horror, which is like a giant like it looks like the alien from uh, aliens, but it's coming out of like it's a giant thing and it's coming out of a black hole. Um, yeah, and then like there's there's a whole bunch of like giant enemy things like that that you need to, like sh- huge fleets to defeat that come through there's a bunch of like different scenarios that pop up like there's little pop-up windows that that tell you what's happening um and you need to read through them it's a little harder with multiplayer just because like every time you pause the game the game pauses for everybody so it's like oh if you have a pop-up and then you're taking the time to read it and you're like uh you feel like the other people are like drumming their fingers like let's go let's go And then like as soon as you hit OK, like someone else gets a pop up and then it's still paused, even though you just paused it. It's like uh... so that's the only real detriment to playing with multiplayer is just that it pauses a lot more. And sometimes when you don't want it to be paused, it's just kind of like, oh boy, but um, it's very entertaining to play against the computer anyway. Like I said, I have played a bunch a ton of times. but basically, like, there's a, there's the beginning, like I said, whatever your starting scenario is, usually you have a precursor event where you're looking like the somewhere close to your home world. There was like another species and there's like a chain event where you go and you research different things and then you find their home world and that gives you something special. Um, and then you try to claim like territory Either you can either claim a bunch of territory as much as you can to get resources or you can just claim a small area and protect it really well. It's up to you how you want to play that, um, and then there's the, there's a mid game crisis, which is almost always, um, because there's these uh, small enclaves of fighters. They're basically like uh, warrior culture people that go out and like raid stuff, and you can hire them to go raid like your enemies or political rivals. Um, but then, then mid-game usually one of those things becomes organized and becomes like a big threat and starts to like take over the galaxy until it's called the great Khan, usually until the con is killed <laughs> and then they kind of just break apart or they become a more of a diplomatic thing like there's a couple things that can happen once the con dies but that's called the mid-game crisis and that's usually what it is um and then there's like there's other things that can happen, too, like there's um, the Grey Tempest, which there's these things called the L-Gates, and there's this an L-Cluster that the L-Gates lead to. And sometimes what's in there is completely innocuous. Sometimes there's nothing in there. And every once in a while, there's the Grey Tempest, which is a bunch of nanobots that come out and try to destroy the whole galaxy. So then you have to fight those. That's more also more of a mid-game crisis because that happens about mid-game. And then, like I said, then there's the Endgame Crisis. And then there can also be this thing called the War in Heaven where that's separate from the the Endgame Crisis where two of the fallen empires decide to fight with each other and they force the rest of the galaxy to pick sides. So then there's like a whole huge war. That's why it's called the War in Heaven. Like the whole galaxy is that war. Um, but like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things you can do. Like I said, there's espionage. There's um, you, like I said, you can take over the Senate and just keep the control. You can become the end game crisis if you want. Like, there's so much to do in this game. It's just, it's very time consuming, but I like it. Like, it's basically i I'm going to not think for a while. I'm just going to concentrate on this game. Um, but yeah. So give it a shot if you like those kind of games. That's all I'm saying. Um so I think we're going to end there because I'm super tired
1: Matilda's Tilda's whining at me. Oh, yes, the queen. I'm sorry. The queen is whining at me. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're going to we're going to stop here. Um, I don't really have a science corner for you.
0: I did. At the beginning but it's gone out of my brain it's almost six o'clock in the morning guys i'm i'm just gonna science is sciencey. Sci- science is
1: sciencey. oh and matilda has become what's his face josh josh
0: whatever can't even think of his name Okay, well, uh, that's it for this evening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of me just rambling on about Stellaris.
1: And uh, I'm not in your swamp, Matilda. Uh, so, yeah, one more time before we go. So, uh, yeah, you can follow me
0: on Twitter at Confessor underscore X uh, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. And you can follow Matilda on Twitter at Matilda underscore DMP. Um, but, yeah, um, so we'll see you next week. And as always, buck booster gold. I ain't the kind of a time. Goodbye.
1: I'm not always polite, but I get the job done
0: Who says the work can never be fun? I'm simply unprofessional